0: I'd always been interested in, say, the history and culture of the Middle East, so when I got the opportunity to visit Shatila, a refugee camp in Beirut, I jumped at the opportunity. Shatila. Shatila in 1982, it's probably more well-known to people as Shabra and Shatila, was the site of a massacre. Hundreds, maybe thousands of people died when a Christian militia entered the camp and for three days slaughtered civilians. It, it was extraordinary. So for me, being in Lebanon, having the chance to go here, it was just a great opportunity to go visit. I really didn't know what to expect from visiting a refugee camp. I'd never been to one before. <laughs> The community centre it's full of life and vibrancy. There's teachers toing and froing in the corridor, doors are opening in the classrooms, there's children playing, children learning their lessons, there's just so much going on. It's just so much nice life coming from all around me. The only experience I'd ever had of refugee camps were news reports from television where you see, say, rows and rows and rows, a sea of tents. Miserable people living a miserable existence. But this particular refugee camp was so, so different. It was full of vibrant, happy people. I didn't expect to meet happy, engaged people getting on with their lives in this refugee camp, something that, to me, suggested just this transitory thing. But these people had been living here for so long, it was, they were just getting on with their lives. What's your name?
1: My name is Sarah. How old are you? 12 years <laughs> old.
2: Ah, 12 years old? Uh, in which class?
1: Five.
0: Ah, for the five
2: primary school.
1: Okay.
0: This refugee camp was more like a shanty town. Densely packed four and five-story buildings with narrow alleyways running
1: between. The small narrows in Shatila camp.
2: This is our uh, highway, freeway.
1: 15,000 people live with less than one kilometer square. The electricity
2: branches and water pip- pipes like a spider in the house of...
0: The children, for instance... I expected miserable, unhappy children. These children were happy, vibrant, outgoing. They chased me around the camp. They caught up with me. They asked me who I was, what I was doing, what's my name. It was so unexpected. Happy people in a refugee camp.
1: What's your name?
2: Your name is Noor?
1: Yes. What are you going to be when you grow
2: up? What are you going to work? What do you want to be when you grow up?
0: That Irish voice you hear, that's Maggie Preston-Kent, from Offaly. She volunteers here as a community worker in Shabra and Shatila.
1: Be careful, because it's actually a real threat. We had two young people uh, electrocuted in Bourges Barajne last month.
0: A refugee camp, the adults, you imagine they would be preoccupied with the many problems they're dealing with. But the people I met weren't like that. They of course, we were aware of their environment, the difficulties of their life, but they were warm, open people, warm, open and welcoming.
1: The first time I came into a camp, I was invited, and I remember it was three years ago on Mother's Day. So they went and got me some sweets.
0: Palestinians have lived here for 60 years, and during that time, they've built houses, opened businesses, and as Maggie says, have generally got on with things.
1: There was no poor mass, there were no ah oh, look at us and we the victims. It was this is awful, but this is our life and, and we're just gonna have to get on with it for now. And they had
0: this amazing passion for the young people that they worked with.
2: I tried to improve the physical appearance of the face of that child because you know the smile, to build the smile. to to draw
0: the smile on their faces.
1: Our children, I give my energy from the children.
0: It was really extraordinary how in this place that was completely bathed in sunshine, it's so hot, so sunny all the time, that within this camp, within this particular part of the city, there was so little sunshine.
1: If you moved inside the camp, you see no light because the house is near each other, no space for playing.
0: The streets are four or five feet wide. The houses are four and five stories tall and just, just sunshine just doesn't penetrate down in, into those streets, you know.
2: Sometimes we, we try, you know, to put light under cover of all this night.
1: For this reason, we pick the children from time to time in order to breathe to the snow, to the mountain, to the sea, because they need
0: And so when you take the children out to the mountain, something like this, what's their reaction? How do they feel when they go they,
1: to Oh, night? oh. And yeah, they play, they, they fly.
0: Before we go upstairs, because it's so loud. Before we go, up, can you explain to me what this music is?
2: Now uh, the scout team, the children, the small ages, they are uh, they uh, are making training because after two months they have a big uh, festival or party because of the memory of living Palestine the memory of uh, 61 years of go-out from Palestine, you know? So they are preparing traditional folk dancing and song to show it on a stage.
0: The children practicing their dance are around 7 or 8 years of age. They wear bright costumes and listen intently as the dance teacher offers instruction.
2: (laughs) So now Abdullah al-Hajj is giving orders to the members of the team to move on with that song that is talking about the Palestinian resistance, how to resist, to, you have to defend your homeland.
0: When Hisham tells me the song is about resistance and defending your homeland, I'm surprised and worried at what seems like a very militant message to be conveying to such young children but he explains further.
2: The words of the song is talking about something, you know, uh, not encouraging them to go to battle, to, to fight, no, but it's like you have to be strong, you are Palestinian, you have to defend your uh, rights, for example, by learning, by something like that.
0: So it's know? like a very patriotic song. It's like you yeah, teach yeah. them to be proud to be Palestinian. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. How you can be strong in your studying, in your work, in your uh, life,
0: While Hisham explains that the dance and song I've seen teach the children about the recent and difficult history of the Palestinian people, and the need to be strong in the face of challenging living conditions, it still seems like a heavy weight of history to lay on the shoulders of such innocents, and I wonder if these kids will have the chance to live the lives Hisham and Jamilia want for them. Though the Palestinians in Shatila have been in Lebanon for 60 years, their hopes and aspirations are still directed back towards the border, to the south of them, the border with Israel or Palestine. But it seems unlikely that they'll ever get there. It's been 60 years since they've been forced to leave Israel. How are they ever going to make it back, considering the current political situation? How is that ever going to change? The other aspect is that they're also not welcome in Lebanon. Lebanese people that I spoke to were sympathetic with the Palestinians and their situation, but they definitely wanted them to go home. Sixty years on, these people are still living in a refugee camp. They haven't fully integrated into Lebanese society.
1: What
0: are you going to be when you grow up? What are you going to be? Remember earlier the interview with the child who told us about wanting to be a school teacher? What going to Maybe that can never be. The system in Lebanon is set up against Palestinians in many ways. There's many public sector jobs that they can never access, many professions that they can never hope to be a part of. So that young child who wanted to be a teacher, it seems uncertain, perhaps impossible, that she will ever achieve that goal.
2: Arabic Arabic or English teacher?
1: Uh, Arabic.
2: Ah, you want to be an Arabic teacher? That's nice,
1: Okay. (laughs) I asked one child, what's your hope in the future? He said, I hope one day to see the sun enter my house.
0: But for that boy, and thousands more like him, how long will the dream of seeing the sun be enough? You've been listening to The Curious Ear. I'm Derek O'Halloran.